You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me, Joe Thrash and Kill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the E to World of Hell Radio Show Joined today by the good and golden boy You know him, you love him He's 365 Days of Horror Or as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Jeff? Uh, I'm good, man. A little, uh, little hungover, to be honest with you. Um, as is to be expected uh, when you go out on a Saturday night to a quinceanera. <laughs> did you get dressed up? I did, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a big to-do. Um, I don't know, you know, I've, I've been to a few of these, but not since I was like a, a teenager or whatever. But uh, these parties really are for the adults to just get completely blind drunk. <laughs> Did you wear your finest uh, cattle skull bolo tie and cowboy hat? Uh, I've got like a nice uh, turquoise bolo I wear uh, when I go to a fancy event like this. And people are always like, damn, that's nice. I'm like, thank you. I know. (laughs) Did they have all like the giant like hot pink dresses and like tiaras and the whole deal? Oh, for sure, dude. These girls were like, they looked like giant cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been to a quinceanera, so I'm, I'm curious as to... You know, I've seen whatever videos on TV or whatever, but not actually been to one of them. So interesting little social event that just have never experienced in real life. I mean, it's kind of like, did did you have a bar mitzvah? I did. Did you have like, you know, uh, you know, kind of a party afterwards? Somebody was playing like Sir Mix-a-Lot or something? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. It's just, you know, slightly, slightly different. It's for girls. But without religion. (laughs) There wasn't really a whole lot going on with the, yeah, religion in terms of this. I mean, kids losing their mind, dancing to like Cardi B and shit like that. It was, I don't know, it was fun. Uh, Were they playing a Coke and Pepsi? Wait, what is that? Oh, it's a, it's an old party game, I guess, more 80s and early 90s where, um, one one group of kids would be on the other side of a dance floor, and then the other, you know, split in half. And one side would be Coke, and one side would be Pepsi. And the DJ would be like Coke, and all the Coke kids would run <laughs> to the other side and have to like sit on the kid's uh, knee or something like that. And you know, a kid's game that gets you all hot and sweaty. Ah, that sounds fun, delightful. Uh, you know, it was also this thing that I realized, oh man, I was probably supposed to have a kid like 15 years ago. Shit. <laughs> There's no requirement. You don't have to when and if you're ready and if you want to, or you could just enjoy your pugs. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what have you been up to this week, man? Nah, usual. Nothing special. <laughs> Nothing going on. You didn't have like a big event? No, no big event. I was trying to, to scrounge around here and say it was it was our good boy's birthday here. and I It hope, wasn't. It wasn't a big event, so I'm not lying. But I want all of our listeners to say nice things and send you nice things, because they missed it, and that's terribly rude. Yeah, it's okay. I'm used to it. <sighs> you need As to... you get older, less and less people wish you happy birthdays on the social medias, which is okay, because they don't mean it remember you <laughs> or care right it just happens to pop up when they're looking at facebook oh it's this person's birthday and they send you a generic happy birthday and hope that you're actually still alive yeah um if i actually care about you i will send you a text and or twitter dm but that's about the most you're gonna get from me uh you're old you've had enough birthdays now move on <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> I figure that there is a plethora of things we could talk about on this week's show. Uh, we did a themed show last week. It took a lot of fucking work on my part, so we're back to uh, doing an easy one on this show, on this show. If that's okay with you, is that okay with you? It is, and it's a good time to let people know about our Patreon episode coming up. Oh shit! We've been doing hours and hours and hours of research on this one uh, for uh, the. Prior months of this year, uh, all of the Patreon shows have been focused on Fantasy Label Ball. Uh, this one's going to break us out of that rut a little bit. We are entirely focused on shit we found in old-ass magazines. <laughs> and I will say, if you were ever considering signing up for a Patreon episode, this is the one. Because some of the articles and things written that we've found, um, what's the easiest way to put this? Some things have been said that are racist by bands you like. Some things are anti-Semitic by bands you like. Some things are admitting to crimes. Yeah. So I this have... is the one to listen to to get lots of dirt. I uh, I dug through about 10 years of uh, Hustler magazines from the 80s trying to find some shit, and boy, did, did it come through. Uh, Just reading the articles, right? I mean, yeah, uh, legitimately, that's what I was there for. In the meantime, there's just butts and boobs all over the place. Like, I'm trying to read, damn it. <laughs> just putting your hand over the pictures, trying to concentrate on the article. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, plenty of stuff. Uh, very, very juicy over on the Patreon. Um, that's going to go live a little bit later this month. Uh, but go ahead and subscribe now because we have so much fucking content there for you to dig through. An embarrassment of riches, really. Uh, you would be foolish not to do so. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, the shameless plug there? Got t-shirts coming soon. Oh, fuck. Good call. Yeah, uh, we kind of went back and forth with a few guys, uh, struggled a little bit, but I finally have the finalized artwork. Uh, Dr. Ross Sewage helped us finish this thing, actually. Uh, folks might remember him from an episode we did uh, with uh, Frankenstein's Army on our October Spooktacular. Or, uh, shit, what was the uh, other one? Body Melted Melt? Bodies. Body Melt? Body or Melt. Melt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the, a later uh, October Spooktacular. Also, he's in, you know, Ludicra and Exhumed and shit like that. So, uh, you know, uh, you might know him from that more than, I guess, doing our show. But regardless, a uh, talented guy, so uh, working with uh, some fulfillment folks right now to find a good deal on a good t-shirt, good quality t-shirt, I should say, and I will have details available as soon as I get them, so you can get your latest design of the Toilet of Hell shirt. On with the show? On with the show. All right. A lot of things have been happening, uh, and I, I guess... I'm going to leave it to you. Where do, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a heavier one or maybe a lighter one? Let's start with a lighter one that's kind of funny-ish and head-scratching-ish. Slipknot kicked out the guy <laughs> who does the bleeps and the bloops, who's been like one of the longest members of the band. Now, <clears throat> they have a couple of guys that do bleeps and bloops, right? <laughs> Well, they kicked out one of the bleeps and bloopers a few years ago, and now they kicked out the one with the big spiky mask. How many, how many people are in the band now? <laughs> well, I think there's still eight, either seven or eight, because they replaced a bunch of them. And I th see, here's the weird thing about this: 
like three or four days ago, they announced that they were kicking out the spiky headed guy, Craig Jones. He okay. was, I guess they call him the keyboardist, but again, bleep and bloop. Yeah. That's what he does. And like they posted on social media and it was like very terse. Well, you know, he's no longer in the band. We wish Jones, they didn't even say Craig. They wish Jones like the best of luck in your future endeavors. And that was it. Surprise thing to happen. And then that was gone. That was deleted. And then they announced that they have some other member in the band, I guess, also doing bleeps and bloops. Okay. And then they released a surprise EP. I see. So it's all very weird and confusing, and I don't necessarily trust any of it. I, I don't really understand what's going on here either. Um, it, is it a new guy, or did they just like show a guy in a mask, and they're, they're like, yeah, it's definitely a new guy? It's just a guy in a mask, so it's entirely possible... Craig Jones isn't in the band anymore, and now we have this new member that's Jones Craig Uh or something like that. So, I mean, it could just be he is no longer in the band and he's just this other entity or some sort of nonsense like what uh, Ghost does with Papa Emeritus 1 through 4. So it could be one of those things. It could be someone else. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. No, not even a little bit. This is and the like least said, essential just, band member, and you know, even if he did actually leave the band, I'm sure there are plenty of opportunities, say, working with Falling in Reverse. <laughs> yeah, you could easily just have a laptop doing this. You could have the sound guy just queuing up any of these sounds, and no one would really notice or wouldn't make much of a difference. And the band also, like I said, released a surprise EP over the past couple of days, and the reaction to it is somewhere between I love everything that Slipknot does and this is the best thing ever and then everyone else. I see. It's it's six songs, but there's, you know, song number two is Adderall, no intro. Song number three is Adderall, rough demo. Song number five is Adderall, instrumental. Hmm. So it's not really six songs and it's certainly different from what else they've been doing. Uh, this quote here last year, Slipknot singer Corey Taylor told Rolling Stone about his inspiration for Adderall. So again, this isn't a new song either. Everybody's comparing it to Radiohead and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, I don't listen to Radiohead. So that's interesting. I to mean, me, I was kind of leaning into my inner David Gahan. I'm a massive Depeche the, Mode okay, fan. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Dave Gahan. Uh, Gahan old, the, the Depeche Modes. <clears throat> Um, I mean, if somebody says that you sound kind of like, sounds like you're going for a Radiohead vibe, I would say that that's not interesting. That would be the opposite of something that interested me. (laughs) Especially when you're a band like Slipknot. Yeah, uh, it sounds like that's a pretty withering cut down, actually. (laughs) Um, So who knows, who knows what's going to happen with the band? You know, they've been slowing down in years. They're like down to possibly one original member, even some of the members that were part of like their big start in the late 90s early 2000s two of them are dead others have been kicked out there's not much left they've talked about slowing down this kind of ties in with last week's show where we we're talking about nepotism vending has two kids from slipknot they could just move into the slipknot role whenever they wanted to if slipknot wants to call it quits or go on an extended hiatus I mean, if they put on a mask, who's to know that one of their kids took over pressing the button that plays the sample? Uh, it's just Sean Crahan playing bass now. <laughs> I guess you might notice that. That would be something that you would notice. Um, 
Yeah, tough to say, man. Um, this it, it's baffling to me that this band has been so long running and that people still care. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that like mean? Do you care about this at all? No, I think they're just an established metal band at this point. They're a guaranteed headliner in any festival they play. They've uh, chalked up so much goodwill among general metal fans, especially around our age. And they're at the point now where they are referenced as an influence to a lot of younger bands, even if they don't sound anything like them. We've talked about it before. Like young hardcore bands are saying, oh, we're influenced by Slipknot. So I think it's they've kind of moved into the role in a lot of ways that like Slayer used to be in, uh. where they're elder statesmen. It doesn't matter really what they put out anymore. It's not going to be anywhere near as good as the classic stuff, but they have such a, a hardcore fan base and just name recognition that they've kind of blended into that role. And kind of like Slayer, it seems like things are slowing down and the band's kind of in a slow motion breakup. I would agree with that. Yeah, it seems like uh, over the past 10 years or so, uh, all the parts have been falling off the vehicle. Um, probably probably about time to retire the, the whole thing, I would say. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it seems like Corey Taylor himself is focused on making just the worst music possible as a solo artist as well. So, uh, I mean, they've got that going for them as well. And it's not like they're hard up for money because they have their NotFest that they do. And they have their NotFest website and all sorts of different revenue streams so that they can then make Corey motherfucking Taylor and to my surprise and do crummy direct to Netflix movies. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, over at, uh, I guess it was a lamb goat. Um, I was, uh, checking out the latest news about Slipknot and I watched, uh, the latest, uh, Slipknot video directed by clown, because uh, I'm always curious about, you know, his uh, his artistic decisions. Uh, I mean, as we all are, I'm sure. And it's so odd to me that, um, you know, y- you can really pinpoint the moment that a person's life was changed by a piece of media. And for Clown, that was seeing the movie Saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Slipknot might have been on their soundtrack. It probably was. Uh, but I just like imagining, like... Sean Crane watching watching this movie like you know Orson Welles and fucking Citizen Kane like oh my god <laughs> standing up and applauding exactly um, anyway this song uh, that he directed for is not even a song uh, Death March I don't know if you've heard it but it's just you know spooky sound effects it's not like not noise but not a song it's at like atmospheric music I guess you could call it but. I don't know, man. This was a waste of my time. It was a waste of everyone's it's, time. It's kind of like they took the intro to their song Vermilion uh-huh. with the little piano and like made that into a three and a half minute song. Really unnecessary overall. Uh, highly recommend uh, if you would the, watching that music video though. If you would like to see uh, what it looks like to have peaked artistically roughly twenty five years ago. Um, moving on a little bit here. We got, we got a lot of ground to cover. I don't want to waste any time here. Uh, we talked about D. Snyder uh, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago. I got really, really mad uh, because I hate D. Snyder, and he was saying incredibly stupid things. So I'm going to try to keep my shit together for this one, if that's okay. I need you to hold me accountable. You can try. He doesn't make it easy. He does not make it easy. 
but I am a grown man. I am capable of self-control. Uh, so we're going to give it a try here. Uh, let's see. During a recent interview on the Chuck Shoot podcast, you, you familiar with the uh, Chuck Shoot? Pew, pew, pew. Chuck Shoot podcast. Uh, D. Snyder clarified uh, some of the things he was talking about uh, in regards to uh, trans people and uh, the San Francisco Gay Pride Parade that he was disinvited from uh, and a combination of things thereof. So this has been thankfully transcribed by Blabbermouth. Again, Blabbermouth can't uh, can't do the show without him. Uh, <laughs> you, you want to go ahead and read this shit? Speaking to the Chuck Shoot podcast, D. said... Being that it's Pride Month, I'm not going to open that gaping wound so much. People are just looking for me to say more. And I said it all. And I'm going to stop right there because he keeps going. Yeah, man. Like, you didn't have to, but you did. They Uh, always do this. People always just be like, "Uh, I've I've said everything I need to say and then talk for another 10 minutes. Or, you know, no one's letting me speak. I've been canceled. And then they keep speaking, like, on television. Or in popular media places. So beyond that, he says, they tried to cancel me because I didn't see 100% eye to eye with the community that wanted me to be the grand marshal of their parade with the community that I've stood with and fought for decades. Okay, okay. let's let's just pause right there again. Uh, he made this wildly baseless claim the last time that he has somehow been some kind of uh, icon for supporting uh, gay folks for decades. And I just have not seen any concrete evidence whatsoever of that statement. Uh, but he's reiterating it, uh, I guess, to solidify that he believes very much so he has fought. He was at Stonewall, actually. <laughs> Many people are saying. Yes. He continues, As a parent, I disagreed with children's ability to make cognizant decisions at the age of five, six, and seven. I have four children, and I soon will have, any minute, by the way, my fifth grandchild. And in my learned opinion, they are not capable. All right, and they all right, were all right, like, all right, all right, all right, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. Because he has, uh, has children, and because he has grandchildren now, he is uniquely qualified uh, to speak on uh, the matter of uh, trans youth. Uh, is, is that what I'm reading right? Like, I have five grandkids, so I know uh, what I need to know about children, right? As a child of someone who was once a child, mm-hmm. I know what children need. Uh, yeah, I mean, that seems to be what he's saying, but it's all based upon some nonsense bullshit that he read most likely on Twitter. Oh, yeah, like about... John, John sh- shitting his pants over saying, like, they're, they're giving orchiectomies to six-year-olds, and of course there's right. zero evidence that's that's ever happened. Right. Or I guess that, did, he, that did happen, but it was like with the Catholic Church specifically to like make castrati. <laughs> and he says, and they were like canceled, not just the show, but they went after me and called me transphobic. Oh, it's because you are. <laughs> I'm a hell of a writer, Snyder added. Citation fucking needed. <laughs> You've read my book. You know my speech in Washington. I assume he's referring to the PMRC. Yeah, I guess so. Mr. Snyder goes 40 to years Washington. Ago? You've been riding the same fucking meal ticket for 40 goddamn years. Fuck. Just because you didn't drool on yourself didn't mean you're a wordsmith. I know. I broke out the pen, which is mightier than the sword. Oh, and suck I my fucking a- dick. God damn it, you fucking loser. I, again, what, didn't he title this Some Thoughts I've Been Thinking Lately? <laughs> and he contradicts himself 
five seconds after that. I broke out the pen, which is mightier than the sword, and I posted it on Facebook. Love it. You can go to my Facebook page and see what I said, although it was pretty covered in the media. And whereas Paul Stanley apologized, I'm not apologizing. Not when I did nothing wrong. Again, I'm a hell of a writer. Mm -hmm. Not when I did nothing wrong. I'm the first to apologize when I screwed up, and I just laid it out. And there were a couple of peep, a couple of peeps here and there, saying D's whining. D's nuts, if you ask me. You're not canceling me. You're not shutting me up. And the big point was that community, the LGBTQIA plus community, and whatever letters we're adding. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. I've never heard. I've never heard some old man say that derisively before. That's new to me. Maybe you should call it alphabet soup, D. <laughs> uh-huh. They need the support of not just the people who agree with them 100%. They need the support of the middle. And that's where most of us are. Aha. Uh-huh. So this fierce advocate uh, for LGBTQIA plus rights uh, is in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the soft, squishy middle. Mm-hmm. As people are being threatened with murder for existing. Yeah, pretty like uh, Proud Boys like staking out pride events all across the country to beat, harass and kill people like, yeah, thank you for standing in that soft underbelly there, D. We just need to get together at a rec center with some pizza and some snacks and just kind of have a good night together and we'll all agree and meet in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. He continues. They need the people of the middle to accept them and recognize their rights and who they are. But that does not mean we have to. I use the word fealty. Fealty and bow down to every little thing they say. Suck my fucking dick, you old bitch. (laughs) Die, you old fuck. He continues. Who agrees with every single detail of what anybody says? So I just pushed back on it. Everybody backed off. They no, were shocked. No, 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 no. I don't think everybody backed off. I think that you had uh, folks like us and numerous other people saying, D. Snyder, you old shit. You don't know anything. You're an, you've been riding the same fucking wave for 40 years. You offer nothing. You were a void of a man. You're just a basic Facebook boomer. Fucking die. So I just pushed back on it. Everybody backed off. They were shocked Mm. because most people just apologize or curl up in a fetal position. I wasn't kidding when I wrote, we're not going to take it. Again, 40 year old song. (laughs) God damn. This is the most Al Bundy peaked in high school shit you've ever heard in my life. The Snyder never threw five touchdowns in a single game. (laughs) You're going to go after the guy who wrote, we're not going to take it. And they were. I can't, I can't believe he actually said that. <laughs> that's that's beyond self-parody, man. And they were gonna use my song too as their battle cry. Why? Because it's that defiant. And I have lived by my words. There's nothing that's changed with me. I'm not saying I haven't grown and improved. My wife says you're always trying to be better. I am, and I'm a better man. But my basic belief system has never changed. And I will stand and believe in everything I've always stood for and believed in. So don't come after me. I'm the worst person to come after because I'll come back after you. All right. Okay. He lies and says he supports trans youth. Can't be a better man. Um, 
I, I hate this I hate this old bitch so much, man. Like a real waste of a life. I he peaked again forty years ago, and it does not seem to grasp that the world has moved on beyond him. Just digging in his heels and not listening to people and just doing it in the loudest, stupidest way possible. Like, you're not going to cancel me, me, D. Snyder, the guy who wrote that song that people. It's, it's on fucking like, like Pampers of. commercials. Shit. <laughs> like, you have juiced this pig to the point where there is nothing left, man. Like, there is no meat left on the bone. You're a talking head on VH1. Yeah. Like, you're not being defiant anymore. You, you're right. You are the middle. You are the squishy middle that stands up for nothing other than yourself. And instead of doing the right thing and understanding that what you said was wrong or, uh, you know, having an open mind or listening or trying to figure out why people are upset at what you said and being a bigger man and being a better person, you're just going, no. No, we're not going to take it. I'm going to put on my makeup now and defiance and be mad at you. It's just, man, there's not much time left. <laughs> if you want to be a good person, this is an easy way to do it. But you're clearly not going to do it. No. So don't be mad at people being mad at you. No, I uh, I, I am really uh, – I think it's great. That uh, apparently the San Francisco Pride uh, Parade told this man no for the first time, I think, in his life. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be great if more people told him no and more people said, uh, actually, I, I don't actually need uh, this uh, hoary old song that has been farmed out to death. We can use a different a different song for our, our parade. I think that'd be good. Uh, I, I encourage folks to do that. It, it would be delightful to me personally if this was the end of the ubiquity of this awful, cheesy fucking song. And your radio show sucks. Yeah, also that too. Uh, so that's that's good. I'm glad that we could uh, you know cover this uh, shitty old man beat once again. Uh, boy, do I boy do I hate him. Um, let's let's talk about another briefly funny thing if that's okay sure. uh, I, I saw this headline and again uh, you saw it this way uh, this this headline as well because uh you were using the twitter of hell uh twitter account to great ends here with a headline uh saying suicide silence guitarist defends gatekeeping because it quote makes the scene stronger now you saw this right i saw this and people reacted ne- negatively to it because obviously you know Gatekeeping is not a good thing. And he like tried to hem and haw about why he thinks that, but it, it didn't work out that well. Especially for a band like Suicide Silence like, with all their we are issues of the, they've had. Yeah, of course. And we are of the age, of course, uh, we, when I remember Suicide Silence came onto the scene and it was imperative that you gatekept people <laughs> that liked this band. <laughs> Um, so it's funny how things change, I guess, where suddenly these, these guys are actually old heads, uh, and not, uh, embarrassing music for teenagers as it was when, uh, when I remember them coming out. It was music for people with the swoopy haircuts and throat tattoos. And now they're 15 years older and some of them have kids and they have gray beards now. And I don't know. I, as far as Suicide Silence goes after, Mitch, Lucker. their vocalist, yeah. yeah. After he died, they they didn't even plateau; they dropped because they nobody gave a the, shit. 
No one gave a shit. They got the creepy guy from All Shall Perish. As Eddie Hermida, who I mm-hmm. guess has silently dropped off the face of the earth. I haven't heard anything from a while since all of those very extensive allegations came out against him. I think they put out music since then. Um, haven't really kept up with that uh, that whole uh, scene again. Not my shit. This is extremely not my shit. But we have to talk about it because it's in the news. Yeah, I think they, they put out that record where they like tried to do a more mainstream sound and everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. And I think they went back to like the deathcore stuff and people just kind of shrugged at this point because their time has passed and other bands have learned how to use orchestral background <laughs> music and become popular. <laughs> oh my God, his vocals are so good, dude. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't use any effects at all. You have to understand. Dude, it's totally pure. Tr- trust me. So Mark Haleman... Hillman, is that, is that how you say it? Sure. Was talking to Guitar.com about uh, his new signature guitar. And again, like, I love these kinds of things. It's like you're doing a, a, a piece of PR for a consumer good. Like, maybe you don't need to get too deep on this. Be like, man, I love this. It helps me write the riffs that you love in Suicide Silence. Like, that's all you have to fucking say. <laughs> yeah, just t- talk about the body, the pickups, inlays. Just the guitar stuff. You're talking to, what, guitar.com? Yes. The, you you have a captive audience of fucking nerds who want to hear, is that a bone nut? Shit! You know? Like, is that fully composite, that pick guard? God damn. Just, like, stroking it to the schematics of this fucking thing. Um, but, like, I, I guess this guy has done talked about guitars enough. He's like, ah, fuck, I gotta, I gotta discuss something else. Um, he, recall, he recalls the early days of Suicide Silence and the competition he felt with other bands. He says here, where we're from, there was the Orange County scene with a Treyu, Avenged Sevenfold, and Bleeding Through. They didn't like us, and we felt like we had to not like them back. It was adversarial, but when you're in Baton Rouge and playing to 450 people on a Wednesday night, you're like, fuck them, it doesn't matter. We didn't look death metal enough either, and our breakdowns weren't really things that death metal heads wanted to hear. That was the linchpin of all the heckling that happened while we toured with Nile, Behemoth, and Cannibal Corpse. We'd all those tours, and what you'd hear, people talking shit about your breakdowns. Uh, Hillman continued by discussing how he handled the strong reaction people had to him, suggesting that negative reactions people had actually made him and his bandmates more prepared for success. My hot take is that gatekeeping makes the scene stronger. I know that that sounds weird, but if you don't have people talking shit and saying that this isn't this or that, you don't have the other side saying, yes, it is, or fuck you for even saying that. It creates the conversation that makes the scene stronger. I've seen it since I was young, and I've been a part of that. What what do you think about all this? Why is there always this desire to make the scene stronger? I... That's a good question. Like, what? Also, what scene are we talking about here? Like the deathcore scene specifically? I guess so. The, whatever scene that benefits suicide silence, I suppose. But yeah, like, why do we want a strong scene? We just want to go see concerts, right? Like, that's what it comes down to, and listen to music. I don't need just ten local bands absolutely killing it every weekend at the same four venues. They'll be there. We, it's not necessarily your responsibility to try to boost every single band that's in there. That's how you get burnt out, and then that scene dies anyway. I have been under the impression 
the deathcore has been a dying scene for like 15 fucking years, but you know, and yet it's still around. It's still around. And it's the same guys who are rapidly aging, who are the most serious about defending the scene, shrinking the scene, like really big upping the band, supporting everybody, having a good time. Like this shit sucks. It's played out. It all sounds the same, man. Like, and you guys like jogging in place, you know, in, in time with each other. Like it's, kind of worn thin a little bit the biggest thing to come out of this in years has been again Lorna Shore who are barely scratching the surface with like 2 million plays on YouTube this is not going anywhere your band specifically is dead in the water and like if you want a like new vibrant scene shouldn't you let it die so new things can grow in its place like everyone listening to this right now your local scene has about 20 metalcore bands and what generation of metalcore are we on now? Tenth? Yeah. Twentieth? Yeah. It's all been done. They all kind of sound the same. Everyone's kind of aping some different style. You have a local metalcore band who wears Hawaiian shirts because they love Every Time I Die. Mm-hmm. You have a local band doing the good cop, bad cop vocals because they like Atreyu. And like where other different styles have come and gone, like a new metal, a gen, things like that, they have their moment. Sometimes there's a little resurgence. Things change and move. But when it comes to like metalcore and deathcore, it really hasn't evolved all that much. But it's like still here, it's still existing. So I I don't see the point in gatekeeping any of that. Where it just leads you into trouble, whether it's musically or personally. Just trying to keep people out or keep people in. Just fuck it. We're all too old for this. Just let it happen. Let other young people do what they want to do. It may not be for you. It's most likely not for us. But, like, it's fine. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> have the decency to kill off your scene, please. Like, it's been it's been enough time. We can, we can call it here, I think. Uh, but, you know, regardless, uh, I have another piece here. It says, fit for an autopsy guitarist, Pat Sheridan says, the resurgence of deathcore is here. <laughs> Which sounds like cope to me. Not to, you know, put too fine a point on it. But come on, man. That's not... That's not going to happen. He says here, um, Lorna Shore going out with Mastodon and Goshira is massive. Yes, for Lorna Shore, not for anybody else. Yeah, no one else is benefiting from this. And the way that Mastodon and Gojira sound now, I'm I'm very curious. I'd love to hear from like fans of those bands that actually see Lorna Shore, what they think of it. I would, uh, I would like to hear the same. He continues here, to be able to bridge those kinds of gaps, these kinds of genre crossovers... I'm hoping that the genre thing starts getting wiped out a little bit, because I really think that if somebody says, oh, they're in this core or that metal, it immediately puts a bad taste in your mouth. But all of these bands in our world are getting to a look now from bigger bands and bands that get what we do. It's really cool. Lorna Shore was the band that paved that so we can fill these rooms again. We can do all of these things. The resurgence is here. Thy Art is Murder is another one of those bands. They've always been able to carry those big rooms. And then, you know, it's just one of those things. It's that alignment thing that happens when people are like, this hasn't been cool forever, but maybe I just never looked at it. Maybe it is cool, you know? Now they're looking and they realize it is. There's something intangible in every one of these genres, and you just have to find the right bands. Do you agree with that? My relationship with my wife is going great. Our therapist says everything's working out, and that's why we're taking separate vacations. Um, eh, like you said, cope. 
Um, it's interesting that they're talking about resurgence now versus like, haven't you been here for 15 years? Yeah, yeah. Haven't you been playing the same venues, playing with the same bands, playing on the same labels? Like, just because one band is getting more attention than some of the other ones doesn't mean that um, there's a rising tide bringing all ships up to the same level. There's just this one that's happened happened to capture a little bit of lightning in the bottle and getting a massive boost from one of the biggest metal labels out there. It doesn't necessarily mean fit for an autopsy is going to be rolling in the dough in the next year or so. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what he's saying here. It's like, oh man, it's so great to see this band that plays in our same kind of style like get these bigger opportunities. That must mean that there is a greater genre resurgence going on instead of this band is absolutely blowing up. It, nobody is going to be like, wow, I really like Lorna Shore. Let me explore this other these other bands from 15 years ago and see what they sound like. That's just not fucking happening, man. And I think it's going back to like the grunge era, for example, where labels wanted to get a piece of anything they could. So everyone was getting signed yep. or hair metal before that or later on new metal. That's not happening now. There's less labels than ever. Um, metal is still very looked down upon right now. And, you know, there's only so much room on nuclear blast or prosthetic or whoever to sign some of these bands and, they may try one, they may try two. It doesn't mean they're going to go for everyone. And if the resurgence is now, that means that there isn't going to be a greater resurgence two to three years from now. It's going right. to go down again. Yep, yep. So you have missed you miss the boat, man. It's not that like bigger bands aren't necessarily aware of your existence because you have been around for so long. It's just that they, they don't care. <laughs> and I would say, like, uh, I don't want to make assumptions, but the reason why Masson Gojira have Lorna Shore on is not necessarily because of the music. Yep. It's because they have attention on them right now. Yep. And they will bring in younger people to see them. And while they're there, they may stick around to see Gojira and Mastodon. Correct. So bands have been doing that for decades now. You have your established acts, you get on the young hot acts, and that way, you know, you shore up your ticket sales. Like Metallica didn't have Limp Biscuit on their summer sanitarium tour because they loved Nucky. They knew it because people wanted to go see them. I mean, Lars could have been a fan for all we know. Yeah, man, I really love what you're doing rhyming Nucky with Cookie. I believe it anyway. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, lots of lots of funny things going on in the deathcore scene right now, uh, and I'd prefer if maybe we looked away and didn't look at them again for a few more years. Just use the Paul Anka method. <laughs> Just don't look. Um, let's let's talk about I guess the big one uh, going on around the greater music industry at this moment. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, folks, uh, if you're not aware, uh, we'll talk about it now, but, uh, there have been a shit ton of allegations of sexual assault coming out against Till Lindemann of Ramstein uh, over these last few weeks, and it seems to be getting more and more serious, uh, as it's, as it's going on. Uh, that doesn't mean that any real, uh, consequences are going to happen from it, of course, but, uh, it's, it's to the point where the band itself has to acknowledge, uh, we've been accused of just ungodly uh, numbers of uh, crimes. Uh, what what would you say the big picture here is? 
the big picture is that the vocalist from Rammstein, uh, a, a woman came forward with claims of being drugged at a party that was organized by the band's camp. And um, I, I've seen some different discussions of this, but uh, I believe in this case she woke up with him on top of her. Mm-hmm. And from this talk... Mm-hmm. Other allegations and accusations have come out where this doesn't sound like it's a one-time thing, and it sounds like the band and people involved with the band have been setting up this type of situation for years with backstage parties and women being drugged or having their drinks spiked and being sexually assaulted. Yeah, um, I... I've never really paid too close of attention to this band, but it appears that these rumors have been swirling around for more than a decade now, uh, and it is now coming. <clears throat> it is now coming to light uh, as more and more women are coming forward with their story about. Well, it sounds like pretty much the same exact thing happening with all of them, uh, because there is a uh, both employee and assistant work specifically for these purposes. Right. It's like um, a scout, right? That- a lot of like hair metal and glam metal bands used to have in the 80s where they would have backstage passes you know your stage managers or whatever would have backstage passes find women give them the passes with the explicit understanding of you were getting backstage to have gross sex with Nikki Six. right and the the way that this is uh, laid out uh, for Lindemann uh, in in such a a cold systemic manner really reminds me of all of those allegations that uh, we heard about uh, Maynard James Keenan with the added wrinkle that uh, there is uh, like a lack of consent and drugging going on as well. It's really, really pretty nasty stuff. Um, and it's a little bit hard to get a clear picture on exactly what people are saying because there is a language divide here. Um, we are relying a little bit on uh, translations provided to us because I don't speak German to you. Nine. Yeah, uh, unfortunately not. So um, <clears throat> we have essentially uh, allegations come out uh, maybe a month or so ago from one woman. More and more women come forward. And the band itself has to respond. Uh, the, the, the band announces that the woman that they've used as their scout uh, has been fired. Uh, their, their casting director, Alina Makiva, is the name. Uh, so the, the band announced that they were firing this, this person, um, and in the time since uh, that announcement, uh, multiple people have noted that they have seen this woman at live shows. So that's the first bit of this that is just outright horseshit. Uh, we are aware of the allegations. Uh, we have fired one of the parties here. Not the like perpetrator here, necessarily, but the facilitator. Uh, so that's not going to be an issue anymore. And of course, uh, they did not fire her. She's still there. They put out a number of statements just initially. And then like, as it's gone on, more statements have come out. And the first one was with regard to the allegations circulating on the internet about Vilnius, we can rule out the possibility that what is being claimed took place in our environment. We are not aware of any official investigations into this matter. So that was the first one. That's uh, Boy, that's an all-timer, wormy statement, isn't it? Yeah, it's. there's a couple of different reports that have come out. Um, since then, 
Uh, Tillerman's been dropped by his book publisher. Kippenhauer and Witch. Witch. Uh, they published his poetry book. Oh, my God. Awful. Uh, in Stillen Nacht on Quiet Nights. They terminated their arrangement with him. Uh, the statement says, It is with shock that we have followed public allegations against Till Lindman in the last few days. Our sympathy and respect goes to the women affected. In the course of current reporting, we became aware of a porn video in which Till Lindman celebrates sexual violence against women and in which the 2013 book, In Still Night, published by Kippenhauer, which plays a role. We rate this as gross breach of trust and as a ruthless act in relation to the values we represent as a publisher. We defend the freedom of art with full conviction through Till Lindman's actions that humiliate women in the aforementioned porn and the targeted use of our book in a pornographic context. The separation between the lyrical I and the author slash artist, which we so staunchly defend, is mocked by the author himself. From our point of view, Till Lindman exceeds immovable limits in dealing with women. We have therefore decided to end our collaboration with Till with immediate effect as a relationship of trust with the author has been irretrievably broken. It's not just his publisher either. Uh, GG Poker, an online poker site, uh, has announced that they are stopping their cooperation with Till, I guess for their Rammstein-themed online poker game. I guess that's some shit that like Zombie Metal Sucks promotes with their like metal online casino or whatever. Yeah, it's a play this online slots game that has Ozzy's face on it. Yeah. Uh, and the German drugstore chain Rossmann is removing their Rammstein perfumes from the store. How do they have multiple perfumes? You just got to have all the different sets. It's like collecting all of your favorite trading cards or action figures. But, you know, you can smell like the keyboardist from Rammstein if you want. I mean, this is just one of those bands like I know they are. A, they're they're huge, but like I don't really think about them at all. So when I, I hear something like the band has multiple perfumes available in drugstores across the country of Germany, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're national heroes. It's National Pride or whatever you want to call it because it's this massively popular band that sings in their own language. So I guess, you know, local boys done right is enough to get you all sorts of deals with perfume companies and your local pharmacy. Very, very strange stuff, but uh, all right. I, I guess I guess that's how it is. Um, I mean, our, our pop stars have their own sense, so why not Rammstein? Yeah, I guess so. It's just this seems like such an odd band to have uh, so much uh, popularity. You know, they, they, they're the guys that have the pussy song, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they actually said that they're going to stop performing that song live. Oh, OK, everything's fine then. Yeah, it's, it's just another one of these things is like we are just touching the edges here, but we're not going to actually address What's going on? Um, this is um, so. Th- th- what they had here was their their scout essentially giving uh, you know women uh, access to what they called Row Zero, which was for the private after show uh, with Till Lindemann, uh, in which basically he uh, looked at, at an assortment of women, decided which one he wanted to assault, and then you know either they went willingly or he drugged them. 
so Rammstein, like one of the announcements they made here is that they are now removing Row Zero from upcoming concerts, and there will be no more after-show parties uh, with Till and female fans. They've introduced an awareness concept with multiple employees. Ooh, a concept. An awareness concept with multiple employees looking out for fans and a safe space area where fans can stay if they feel unwell. This is one of the most blisteringly cynical things I have ever read in my fucking life. What, what do you make of this, man? This is your HR person like creating a pizza party after someone in the office was caught sexually assaulting someone. This achieves nothing. It addresses nothing. The band is doing this because they know that Till is the guy with the band, and if he's gone, that's it. There's no more gravy train. There's no more money coming in. All your sponsorship deals are gone. So they're doing everything they can, trying to say all the right words they can without actually doing anything about it. And that is somehow so much worse than doing nothing. I, I would agree. I would prefer that the band, if they're going to take this tack which, of doing nothing, which they clearly are, just ignored it or said, like, no, he didn't. But instead, what we have here is this, again, PR speak that's wrapped up in the language of, like, social justice, where it just makes all of this a mockery of, like, what actual crimes have been perpetrated against women here. This is... Uh, like Raytheon changing their Twitter profile to a rainbow flag in June. Absolutely. It mean, it means nothing. It does nothing. As soon as it's July, that picture is going down. It's the same thing with this. Oh, we're creating awareness. We're doing this. We're doing that. But you're not actually doing anything. And you're just hoping it goes away. I mean, yes. Well, this, this is a uh, slapdash effort to buy time. It's just in the process. I feel like this does so much more damage. Um, I again stall with some other shit, but this 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 is offensive to every every part of me. But and because uh, you know people are, people are going to see and say, well, look, this is what they're doing. They're doing the right thing. They're doing good things, and then forgetting about all the bad stuff. Whereas if they just went, uh, you know, we have no comment or prove innocent to proven guilty there's no police or anything like that but that's not the case yeah and because we live in a society now that has clear distinctions i guess between where we stand on uh, basic human decency this has now become a politicized issue in germany uh where you have women uh outside of uh shows protesting uh, that the show is taking place, that there has been no real consequences for Till Lindemann. And you have entirely male Rammstein fans uh, wearing swastikas, uh, yelling misogynistic shit at these women, uh, talking, yelling at them how they want to rape them, etc., etc., etc. This is a clear cause celebre with the German right wing. Uh, a man being canceled for is this even a crime to, to sexually assault a woman is that is this is this a crime now and it, it's it you see this instance like everything is this now there is a clear breach of human conduct and 
the the parties responsible will trip over themselves to do nothing in the vein of a vaguely socially progressive uh, tone, whereas the people out in the street know exactly what it is, and uh, one side uh, standing for decency and the other side wrapping themselves up in a swastika and yelling how they want to rape women. Pretty disappointing stuff. What do you think? The whole thing sucks. It's the they're never going to do the right thing. And now you have actual literal Nazis coming out to support you. Like do you ever just like look around, look to your left, look to your right and go, "Oh, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the street. This is what's happened now." Um I know they don't the band doesn't have control over things like that, but the Sure could do things about it to mitigate it and to lessen it. I mean, this is happening more and more, even with mundane things, especially in this country. Uh, I wish I could remember what town it happened in, but like the local town council was going to recognize June as Pride Month, which they have done for years. And this year, a bunch of right-wing lunatics like showed up and started fighting people because yeah. of it. And it's like... Everyone knows what's going on. Anybody with two brain cells to rub together understands that there is a clear right-wing insurrection happening basically across all Western countries right now. And people uh, with liberal or otherwise further left beliefs kind of have their hands tied because the powers that be will beat the shit out of the left before they do anything about the right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad harbinger of times to come, I would say. It's a good thing a lot of them are very stupid and very cowardly. That's uh, what's keeping us going. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the day that like a half smart one comes along, we are fucked. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like I clearly the right thing to do here, I would say would be to kill the band, uh, but that's not going to happen, is it? You might as well. You've made enough money already. You could still make whatever residuals you have on future sales or, you know, selling out your merch, and you're all pretty old anyway. You're going to call it quits sooner or later. Do it now. Now would be the time to do it. Uh, I mean, of course, resigning in disgrace is never a good look. Uh, continuing to fight through it in disgrace isn't so much better. I don't know. Uh, I, I, these things are always so baffling to me because I have a healthy sense of shame. And again, that is not shared by the world writ large. So nobody's going to And it's going to away. Yeah. There's less shame every day. People are reveling in being stupid and getting caught doing stupid things. And uh, this is where we're at now. So that's, that's, I think, the one change I would make uh, to the world is uh, recovering your ability to feel shame. I think that's an important thing that we got to get back uh, for anything to get better. You're listening to a show called Toilet of Hell. You already have shame. We're all good. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Maybe, maybe we can call it there. Um, do you want to have something a little bit lighter before we pull the plug on this episode? Yeah. What do you have? I figured that maybe we could do an old bag thing. Like, not a lot, just a little bit. Yeah, a teaser. Uh, here's a letter uh, from a July 1986 issue of Hit Parader. Uh, says, I don't know where the hell you come off saying Eddie Van Halen, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, or Angus Young rules. Wake up! There is only one man who can crush any guitarist on the earth today. Yes, it is the one and only, the ultimate, the great 
Gonzo. And don't you ever forget it. Nugent Forever signed Miss Gonzo, Pittsburgh, PA. Okay. When I think when I think about the world elite guitarists of the 20th century, (laughs) Jimi Hendrix, bitch, (laughs) Eddie Van Halen, bitch, bitch. (laughs) Ted Nugent, bitch, (laughs) Nuno Betancourt, bitch, Michelangelo Body, bitch. Uh, So there we go. I feel like uh, if you if you enjoy that, please join us for our Patreon episode. Other than that, I think we got to get out of here, man. Man, just some of those magazines are all about Nugent, which is such a weird thing to see in 2023. Just like, yeah, damn Yankees, they're awesome. Bango Zitango, awesome. Just amazing how time changes. It is. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time. Barbecue sauce. Exactly. You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.